Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sosland, and today we are learning Masechet Yoma, Daf Hay, page 5. Today, we return to the subject of the Miluim, the inauguration ceremony in the Mishkan, which is described in the book of Vayikra. If the sequestering of the Kohen Gadol before Yom Kippur is based on these Miluim, then we really need to understand the Miluim and every aspect that was a part of that original ceremony. How seriously exactly are we supposed to take the Torah's description of what happened during those days? Was everything that took place there essential to the ceremony? Was the sequestering of the Kohanim essential to the ceremony, or would the ceremony have been acceptable if they had not been sequestered? Which things, which aspects of the ritual are me'akev? Which things prevent the ceremony from passing muster, and which do not prevent the ceremony from passing muster? Which are not me'akev? Of course, this being the Talmud, not only is there a machloket about what is essential, but there's also a machloket about the criteria for what makes something essential. At the bottom of yesterday's daf, on daf Dalad Amadbet, we learn that both Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish agreed that kol hakatuv bahen, me'akev bahen, everything written about the miluim is actually essential to the miluim. But Rabbi Hanina disagrees. Rabbi Hanina, we learn at the top of our own daf on page 5a, holds that some things from the Torah's description of the miluim are actually non-essential. Davar she'en me'akev ledorot, e'en me'akev bahen. Literally, something that is non-essential for generations is not essential for the original miluim. That is, if something is required for the sacrificial system throughout the generations, then it must have been required for the original, first sacrificial inauguration. If it's not required for the later sacrifice services, then it must not have been essential for the original. So our daf goes on at some length to figure out which things were or were not essential in the original Miluim. Until somehow, for some reason, one question goes too far. We're discussing the outfits, the rituals, the special readings for the Miluim. Were each of these done once upon a time or were they done all through the generations? Those seem like fine questions, but all of a sudden, a problem appears. The Gemara asks, Ketzad hil bishan, how did Moshe dress the Kohanim? According to Rashi, the Gemara is asking about the seder begadim la'av ulevanim ze the order of the clothing, or those vestments that the father and the sons wore, or that were put upon them one after the other. Was Aaron dressed first head to toe? and then his sons, or was each person dressed in a tunic first, and then each was dressed in the belt, etc. 
But evidently, that simple question, how were they dressed, is too much. All of a sudden, this is not okay for the Gemara. The Gemara repeats it almost indignantly. The, the Stam Gemara, the editor of the Gemara, can't believe this question was asked. Kate said he'll be Shan. How did he dress them? My Dahava Hava. What happened, happened. It doesn't matter how he dressed them. It's a thing of the past. It's no longer relevant. What Moshe did or did not do with Aaron and his sons and the clothes. My Dahava Hava. Mashahaya Haya. Of course, then the Gemara rephrases. Okay, well, Ella Ketzad Malbishan Le Atid Lavo. Okay, then, well, then how will Moshe dress them in the next world? We need to know how Moshe dressed them so that in the future we can know how to dress Aaron and his sons when they are resurrected. The Gemara goes on and says, oh, that's silly. Moshe will be resurrected too, and he will know how to dress them, so we don't need to learn this because Moshe will be around to deal with it. And then it goes on to explain why, in fact, we do need to know the question in order to understand a contradiction in the Torah text. But the whole conversation here, the whole discussion feels, for lack of a better word, absurd. Of course, the idea that we don't need to know the details for when Aaron and his son are resurrected because Moshe will be there too, that's a good idea and that's a fun one. But what I find even funnier is the arbitrariness of the Gemara in the first place. Think about it. The Gemara has just spent almost two pages trying to decide which things from the Miluim are Lidorot, are for the generations, and which things are not. We've just spent all this time figuring out which pieces of the original inauguration ceremony were essential. And all of a sudden, the question about the vestments of the Kohanim is too far my dehava hava, that should remain in the past? Why, of all things, is this not relevant? When it seems as though, as we study Talmud, many things may seem not relevant. This strange question bothered the Rishonim as well, the medieval commentators, who wondered why the Gemara would be bothered all of a sudden with this question, when it was not bothered by the question of the Miluim before this moment. According to the Ramban, Nachmanides, the 13th century mystic, Rabbi Moses ben Nachman Gerundi, the Miluim ritual itself was different than the clothes that the priest wore, and it makes sense that the Gemara would be interested in what happened in the Miluim and not in how the clothing was placed on the priests. The Miluim ritual makes sense, says the Ramban, to think about for the future. Because, in theory, when the temple is rebuilt, we will need to do another inauguration ceremony for the Avodah service, since it's been discontinued over the generations and we'll need to inaugurate it again. But the Kohanim are still around. The Kohanim of the third temple will actually be the same Kohanic tribe, the same exact family that was inaugurated in the book of Vayikra. So while we need to know what to do when the temple is re-inaugurated, we will not need to dress any new Kohanim or to inaugurate them since there won't be any new Kohanim. There will be no inauguration of Kohanim and therefore the only outfits we might need to know about are for Aaron and his sons when they're resurrected in the messianic future. 
This is a little confusing. Let me say it once more. According to the Ramban, we do need to know the details of the original Miluim ceremony, which ideas in that ceremony, which parts of that ceremony were essential, which were not, because we will need to do that same inauguration ritual for the next temple. But we will never need to inaugurate or dress any Kohanim for inauguration since the Kohanim of the next temple are the same as they once were. That is a very cool idea for today's Kohanim. They are actually the living continuation of the very first Kohanim that served in the Mishkan in the book of Ayikra. They don't even need to be inaugurated into service because theoretically they can jump in the moment they will be needed. But the Ramban also helps us with the potential head scratching that we might do at that line, my dehavahava, what was, was. The Ramban helps us to find a way to make the Gemara make sense. It's no longer arbitrary that all of a sudden, in the middle of our daf, the Gemara challenges our interest in the past. Now, with the Ramban's help, there's a good reason the Gemara does so. And this is why, in general, the Rishonim, the medieval commentators, can be so helpful. They explain away the contradictions in the text very often, and they help us to make sense of what can sometimes seem, even to them, a bit of a puzzle. Never dull, full of strange challenges. The great puzzle that is our beloved Talmud. Thank God for the Rishonim. In some cases, without them, it would be hard to understand. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.